again, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Friends with Employee Benefits. Today, we're talking to Rachel Waldman, who is in charge of the employee experience at a company called Privy. And Rachel and I are going to talk about, you'll hear us talk about this shift from human resources, I did that in air quotations, to the employee experience, experience being the operative word, and, and, how, um, and how we need to think differently as employers about what employees are experiencing in the workplace and how our approach to this could impact either positively or negatively um, our response to the great resignation, which is seems like it's the topic in some degree or another of, of, of every, every episode, but it's really, really important. We're all competing for great talent. We're all trying to retain great talent. And, you know, Rachel and I are going to talk about that and talk about the importance of the, the employee experience and also having fun at work. So here we go. Rachel, you have a pretty interesting title, and this is something I'm seeing more and more out there, these sort of interesting titles like yours, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, Employee Experience Recruiting and People Operations. Um, so am I right? And, and talk about that. Like, what, 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 is there something in that title itself that, uh, that tells a story? Yeah, so I, um, what you said definitely encompasses a lot of what I do. I think the, the official title now is Senior Manager of Employee Experience, but it's, it's yeah, it's like the liberal arts major of job titles. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, is that even a real thing? Like, I have to explain it to anyone like like my parents' age. They just like, they don't even know what I'm saying. Um, and so... I, I think that the title itself is open to interpretation and it could span the, you know, the gamut of different roles depending on the company. Um, for me, it basically just means that like my job is to provide the team with the tools, resources, and connection opportunities that make that, you know, give them the opportunity to do their job well um, and love doing it. So like obviously not everything that makes someone love their job is gonna be within my control but what I can do is like build the infrastructure um lay the foundation for the culture and then hopefully that empowers people to make things happen for themselves as well but that could be anything from like benefits to employee events to recruiting to employer branding to like sometimes chief of staff kind of roles where you're just like making sure that the leadership team has what they need um mm -hmm. it, it, it can really be anything yeah yeah. What's the difference between, between human and people, though? Like, we've gotten away from human resources, you know, and now we're talking more about the people experience. Maybe the pandemic um, expedited or kind of uh, it, it led to this sort of movement away from human resources. Uh, I know the word human is in it, but it, it does sound very transactional and you know, and, and, uh, and sterile, if you will. So, so we've had this movement now toward and more and more employees realizing that they have to think of it more as the experience of the employee, the human experience, uh, the employee experience and happiness and fun. Like, did the pandemic play into that at all in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I think we were definitely on the way there already. But 
the pandemic, I'm sure, accelerated that. There's been such a greater emphasis on mental health in general um, over the last two years. And I think employee experience has a lot to do with the, taking care of the mental well-being of employees. Mm. Um, just also thinking about it more holistically in terms of benefits. Um, I, I think we've seen a lot of... Um, attention drawn to healthcare over the last several years. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah. companies are thinking more about how they can provide more comprehensive healthcare, um, supporting working parents, especially in the pandemic. That's been like probably the, the biggest shift I've noticed. People just, uh, companies just being more flexible with their hours and um, what they require of their employees who are trying to either like homeschool their kids or like keep, you know, mm. keep them home after an outbreak at school. Yeah. I think they're thinking about employee experience, not just the, from nine to five for the one person you're hiring, but really the experience for their family as well. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. This whole great resignation is, is, you know, it seems to me it was prompted by the by the pandemic and people kind of pausing to think like, wait a second, how am I feeling about work? I don't think people really, you know, prior to the pandemic it could be one of the few sort of silver linings here. People really didn't stop to think about like, am I enjoying my life, you know, in work while I'm working? Um, because why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't somebody want to be enjoying their life, not just when they're not just after 5 p.m., but, you know, the whole day uh, working, not working or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I think like taking away for a lot of companies, taking away the flash of the fancy office or, um, you know, running into hard times during the, the beginning of the pandemic, especially it really um, showed a lot of companies true colors and if they would you know put their money where their mouth was so to speak and i think for a lot of people um they realized that the values that they thought their company was living out were maybe a little bit hollow and you really get to once you start peeling back all of those layers of the flash you, you know, and ultimately what's left is like do i feel supported here do i feel like i'm doing meaningful work am i enjoying my life and if the answer to those three questions or any one of them really is no, then people start to think about what they might be able to do to change it to a yes. Um, especially they're not bound by geography anymore. They don't have to worry about the commute. They don't have to work anywhere near where they live. So there are a lot of options available. Right. So employers who, who haven't, who don't understand that, that uh, these are people and that they deserve to be happy and feeling fulfilled and like they're doing important work that if you're if you're you're going to be the victim of the great resignation if you don't start genuinely and I think that's an important thing it's can't it can't be disingenuous like you, you you the you know employers leaders of an organization really do need to genuinely care for employees and care about their overall well-being uh, both when they're in work and out of work to your point yeah, and of course, like the, that's not the only reason people would resign. I mean, it's a, you know, sometimes you'll just hit a brick wall with your your growth, and it'll be stunted. And you know, there are perfectly acceptable reasons for people to leave that have nothing to do with this. But I think that like what has made people resign at such a quick rate is this sort of 
collective realization that like we as a society have gone through um, combined with lack of geographical restrictions. And mm. now there's just, there, there's so much opportunity for people to build, like take stock of what they want, reevaluate things and build the life that they want. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and speaking of people, people being people, we like to have fun. And the, and the subject of this podcast is <clears throat> about having fun at work. But some people could say, well, that's an oxymoron. Why, like, why as an employer, do I want my people having fun at work, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why wouldn't they? I mean, there's no reason to be like a Scrooge about it. <laughs> um, I think that to have fun is to be human, especially now where when so many of us are working from home. There's so little separation between our quote unquote work selves and our home selves. Um, I get that some people might perceive having fun at work as goofing off or harming productivity in some way, but having fun together, it builds trust. It strengthens the bond among teams. It keeps people engaged and happy. Um, we need that for our mental health as well and our own wellness. So I, th I think like happy people stay at their jobs longer. So it's not a huge leap to say that facilitating fun at work impacts retention. Um, and attrition can be really expensive. So it is good for the bottom line. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and I guess the objection would have been like, wait, I want my folks focused. I want my employees, the people focused when they're working on a task and fun might be a distraction. But <clears throat> then again, if you don't interject some fun, you're, you're going to lose your focus anyway, right? Yeah, and I, I think like showing, al allowing your team to have fun shows that you trust them, right? Like it's a lot of, it's similar to organizations that have this like unlimited paid time off policy where I, I know there's like a whole rabbit hole we could go down with um, people's thoughts on that kind of policy. But like, mm -hmm. you're basically saying, we trust you to get your work done, to do a great job and to help us grow this company. And we trust that like, when you have fun, you're not going to take it too far. I mean, obviously there can be situations where you have to tell people to like curb their enthusiasm a little bit and get back to work. But I, I haven't been in a situation like that. I mean, people have fun, but they also feel really committed to their work and to doing a great job and growing. And they know that um, none of that comes for free. It comes with a lot of hard work. And so I think like you, you hire people who, understand that and they're going to find that balance yeah it's weird to me that uh we've gotten to the, the that it took us i mean i guess we're still on this journey to figuring out then realizing that happiness at work is like why wouldn't we want people to be happy at work because it all comes down to happiness and if you're happy you're engaged and you're probably going to deliver a better experience for your teammates and for your customers and so forth but, you know, like, I'm a little older than you. Like, I remember a time when nobody would have ever said, like, oh, we want you to be happy working here. Mm -hmm. You know, why did it take us so long to, to start having these conversations and thinking of it that way? Yeah, I mean, I maybe it was a lot of trial and error. Like, people uh, saw, like, the, the Googles and the Apples of the world, starting with these, like, perks and these mantras and ideologies that at first were like you know very buzzwordy um that like almost 
something you could parody like in the show Silicon Valley. Um, but then people started to realize that like it actually works um, and everyone wants to go work for those companies and recruiting is also expensive. So I think like companies are kind of catching on to like what they need to do to attract and maintain people. And also maybe that like businesses just aren't run the same way that they used to be. We weren't, yeah. we weren't all working from our homes where like we mm. had the chance to like wear stretchy pants and like have pets and toddlers in the background and um, yeah. we kind of have to like get on board with that. You know, that's the way that things are going to be and embrace it. That, that leads me to that's brings up a good question, which is, you know, we're talking about having fun at work and my mind goes to work like at work being in the workplace. Hmm. But how do you what does it mean when people are working from home or in some sort of a hybrid and some people are home and some are like like how do you how do you promote a fun or happy environment when people aren't really necessarily together? Yeah, I mean, we've definitely done our share of like, you know, virtual events where we're doing different activities and bringing people together. We've done some in-person events um, as well. But I think also like we have this really great opportunity now uh, with everyone working from home to let them have fun in a way that's meaningful for them, even if it doesn't include necessarily their coworkers. I, I think like there's been a, a lot of opportunity for people to explore new hobbies or passions or volunteer or like take, you know, fitness, uh, you know, more seriously because they're not spending that time commuting and people can really find what is fun for them in addition to dedicating the time to what's fun with their coworkers. Yeah. So what other examples of fun, unique things have you done at Privy to keep people engaged and, and happy? At Privy, we've tried a bunch of things. So we've done cooking classes, mixology classes, and things like that. Um, most recently, we did drag bingo, which was so much fun. Um, we what bingo? Drag queen bingo. Um, there are a bunch of companies that are offering that now. And I've never heard that. A blast. Like, yeah, it was hilarious we had to like all lip sync for our life um on screen together which like you know my my fiance walked in while we were doing he was like do you guys even work like what is your job um, <laughs> we've got a paint night coming up where we're all gonna paint our pets um we've had um we actually had a really interesting one where we had a facility facilitator come in and actually just like facilitate authentic human to human conversations with like by giving the team prompts but i i wasn't at that one i just like organized it but apparently that was really valuable like we've been doing all of these sort of um novel things like cooking and art classes and people were saying it was nice to actually just like sit down and get to know my coworkers. like not everything has to be like a team building game um so a lot of things like that it's team building, even when you're not billing it formally as team building, just the, the, those things are bringing the team together and creating unity and, and trust. Yeah, definitely. You're building that psychological safety as well. So like build, building that bridge between people who have, for the most part, never actually met each other in real life before. So the lesson that seems to me is, you know, be creative. Don't be afraid as a, as an employer to, 
to try different things and to just have fun with it. Yeah. And what have we found to be successful as well is just getting, uh, like finding the people at your company who are really invested in building the culture and having them be ambassadors for you. Like uh, one thing that I found is the team has grown and we're not in the office anymore is like, I can't be the hype man for everybody and for every event. And so I've, I've got a few kind of trusty sidekicks that when, you know, when we're planning an event that I know that they might in particularly, you know, be excited about, I'll have them rally their team and try to get their team to show up um, and, and build some excitement that way. Yeah, the, the, you know, the, the employee experience team or the human resource team, they don't have to do it all themselves. I think that's important. And, and actually, you kind of referenced getting feedback from the employees. What a novel thing. Why don't we just ask? What, what do you guys, wait, what do you want to do? What ideas do you have? Yeah, and then it, like, they, then it also makes it more difficult for them to complain later because I, yeah. I, I try to drive home. Like, if there's something that you want to see, at the company, then like, let's help make it happen. I want to work with you. I want your ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Speak up. So is there, is there a particular way, Rachel, that you solicit those ideas? Do you do survey monkey or do you do you, or like, or how do you do that? How do you get those ideas? Yeah, uh, we've done uh, employee engagement surveys. We're actually probably due for one, <laughs> um, but we've, we've done a few of those in the past. Uh, we've done just kind of like some quick pulse check-ins as well that aren't as like robust of a survey, but literally just like, I have five ideas for an event, respond with the Slack emoji that, you know, of the one that you think would be the best. So like paint night, it's a, it's a paintbrush. And, you know, you just tell people to like click a button and choose which one they would be most likely to attend. Um, yeah. uh, things like that. And then also just like asking people like that. I, I've noticed the frequent flyers at these events um, and those are the people I ask, like, do you think that your team would do this? Would you do this? Uh, like if I discover something random online, I think it was like yeah. a bubble, a bubble tea making class. Cause our office is in Chinatown in Boston and people were missing bubble tea. And I asked, would you do this? And they were like, honestly, I don't know if I would. So we didn't do that thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that really, so there are people that, that tend to always show up to these kind of culture fun events, but then you have the people like, wouldn't, wouldn't it make sense also to ask the people that you usually don't see there, like, hey, what would make you, like, what would you suggest? What would make you show up? What would make you make the ride or the commute in to, to spend some time with, with your teammates? Yeah. Um, and for, for them, I've actually noticed doing smaller team events, like just with their team has been a little bit more effective, um, like with people that they already know and feel comfortable around. Yeah. Um, we're trying to keep it a healthy mix between events for the whole company and having teams just have their bonding experiences because we're only about 90 people like it's not that difficult for us to have a company-wide event uh virtually but that we open up to everybody but yeah. the but participation is definitely higher on the ones that okay. we um have specific to teams yeah that's a great point it doesn't have to be the whole organization all, all every single time uh and and uh and so then it's leaders have to give permission i i would think to their to their team leads that they that look you can go do your own thing too you know that that's that's acceptable and encouraged right yeah um and i think it definitely starts 
from top down with leadership. Like mm-hmm. when managers attend the events, we definitely see better turnout with direct reports. Um, uh-huh. But then also acknowledging like it, this took me a really long time to come to terms with. And um, my mentor actually said this to me, like it doesn't have to be effect- like an initiative doesn't have to impact everybody to make a difference. The people who want those engagement opportunities will appreciate it. And if they don't, then they won't come. And that's their, that's their choice. Not everyone's going to want to, you know, get together for yeah. these events. And sometimes that's okay too. You mentioned that, that when leaders attend though, they tend to be more successful and well attended, but could there be sometimes when you actually purposefully want to leave the leadership out, like, Hey, you guys go do this. And, and then you can really, you know, uh, re- really just not have to worry about, you know, being around the leadership team. Yeah. I mean, we've never purposefully excluded our leadership team. I think Privy's is a little bit unique in that we, I, I've always thought we've had really approachable leadership. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that having them at those events really helps humanize them, yeah. um, to, to a higher degree. But Mm-hmm. I, I think that that could definitely be said, like, if you want to make it so that an event is just for individual contributors to through middle management, you can certainly, like, filter mm-hmm. that however you want. Yeah, there's no rules. No, no rules. The other th- the fun thing and thing that kind of generates happiness for some people are our pets. We, we, before we hit the record button here, we were chatting about your, your cat. And, you know, so that's another way that working from home, like those things can also add to the experience of the, to the human experience and to generate happiness for somebody while they're working. Yeah, definitely. I started uh, fostering dogs during the pandemic, actually, just fairly recently, because I've never been home and able to do something like that before. And it's been mm-hmm. so much fun to like take a break in the middle of the day and like go for a walk or have this like silly wiggly little creature out out in my living room to you know distract me sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah it's sort of planned distraction and structured distraction because we know you know a person can only focus for so long on one task it's actually good for their productivity to periodically get up and have some fun maybe uh, what about uh, in the office are you a pet friendly office when you do get back there so um, it depends who you ask. Um, if you mm. consult our lease, I don't think we technically are. Oh, um, those, those but, pesky leases you have to worry yeah, about. Yeah, but I'd be lying if I said that one or two haven't, oh, one or two dogs haven't made appearances there. Um, dogs, hedgehog, few th- few things have shown up. A hedgehog, really? Oh yeah, that one, that one was mine. <laughs> <laughs> all right um that's awesome yeah well again it's it's all about this movement i guess this all ties together to this movement to the employee experience and this emphasis we now have on the employee experience and it ties together with you know pets and animals and fun and uh and um you know taking breaks and and just being allowed to be happy are part of the are part of the employee experience or the human experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, let's shift gears for a minute, Rachel. And let me ask you this. Where do you see the future of human resources heading? Human resources, for lack of a better term, where, where is this going? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one because even the last few years, so much has changed, right? Like mm. 
I feel like we've seen such a transformation. We're already in the throes of making this, you know, shift in thinking from human resources to people operations or people strategy, like you said. Um, I think we'll continue to see things trend that way, where we focus on what we can do to give our employees greater work-life harmony, um, greater transparency into their growth paths, um, how we can support them in achieving their goals, like really identifying the things that matter to people, um, whether they're professional or personal, and tailoring the employee experience to that. Um, I think we'll see more flexibility and individualization with uh, employee experience moving forward. Speaking of work-life harmony and, and balance, for some people, the work from home, the shift from working in it, from going to work every day to working at home interfered with that because I think for some people, they found it hard during COVID and, and working from home to separate work from, from their personal lives. Is, have you seen that at all? Yeah, definitely. I, I think like I've had my own challenges with it. I've heard of people on my team having challenges with it. I mean, it's really been a matter of like trial and error of people finding what works for them. I don't think there's like a fast um, solution to that. I think it is different for each person. Some people find it useful to like do a mock commute where they just like go for a walk at the beginning and the end of the day. Um, yeah. And that marks when they're signing off. Other people put it on their calendars. Um, some people are okay with being a little bit more flexible where they'll sign on closer to 10 or, or, you know, they'll sign on at seven and they'll sign off at three. And I think like just finding that balance of what works for you and your team is, is really the, the only thing that I've found that works. Like I, yeah, there's no blanket solution. <clears throat> yeah. It was just, you know, for somebody just rolling out of bed and right to the laptop could be stressful. And then, you know, and then next thing you know, you're working through the, you know, like who's cooking dinner tonight? Because yeah. <laughs> I haven't even thought about it. I think everyone's like finding their own little rituals that work for them. Like right. I've been starting to do like the crossword in the morning. And then after I do the crossword is when I work. So like, it, it's like logging onto your computer to do the crossword is like the intro to oh. doing right. work. You but have, sometimes the crossword becomes like Netflix and that's a much less productive way. I think, I think that's a great idea though. Having some ritual that signifies, you know, that there's the beginning of your work day, but then also one that signifies the end of your, you don't do Wordle. You're doing an old fashioned crossword. Uh, I, I do Wordle right when I, when oh, I wake up. Yeah. 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 It was a tough one yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so they say, um, all right. So Rachel, what, what have we missed? What else do you want to talk about before we go? Um, I think like it's important to also think about, I, I know we talked a little bit about employee events as a way to have fun. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that we found at Privy, uh, you know, probably starting a year ago is that the novelty of these virtual events sort of wore off. People were experiencing meeting fatigue, Zoom fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just start finding ways to have fun beyond um, putting another meeting on people's calendars. And like, I think this is also, this was also just been like a matter of trial and error, finding those asynchronous moments for people to connect and have fun mm-hmm. without actually having a like face-to-face conversation with another human. So for us, like we, we found some moments in Slack, like we do trivia every Monday, we do a doodle challenge every Friday. We have, um, you know, little things like that, where we give people the opportunity to 
just like have a conversation happen naturally around something that we're doing together, but it doesn't require everyone to like literally be together. Um, yeah, it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be, I think that's important that fun doesn't have to be a happy hour. It doesn't have to be beer in the fridge. It doesn't have to be, you know, a pool table or a foosball table or something like that. It could be, you could be really creative with this and, and, uh, and working fun around something that's still cerebral works too. Yeah, definitely. Keep people, keep people thinking, keep that brain working. All right. Uh, okay. I, I'm, we're going to let you go, but only after you answer a few rapid questions. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, uh, I love that. I know you're nervous about this. Don't worry. Take a deep breath. No, I love it. I, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Drink of choice in the morning. So this is really boring. I don't drink coffee or tea. So like water or like, cho like chocolate almond milk. Mm, that's better than water. We'll go with that one. Uh, <laughs> favorite food? Macaroni and cheese. This, this is, all these questions are making me sound like a child. <laughs> well, who doesn't like macaroni and cheese? <laughs> Last thing you watched on TV? I watched a rerun of Friends. That was pretty boring. <laughs> uh, very first job, right out, like, oh. out of college, out of school, first job. Um, so I was actually, uh, I, I went to Northeastern and they have a co-op program there. And my first co-op was um, the office manager at Improv Asylum, which is an improv club in the North End. Oh, how cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So I don't mind the improv questions. <laughs> and finally, our, so Rachel, our theme at One Digital this year is to be all in. Um, so how do you plan to be all in professionally or personally this year? Um, so in the last year, my company has gotten acquired. I've changed bosses. I've like changed roles a couple of times. So for me, being all in is just being kind of like game to try anything. Um, I'm starting some uh, a new like project management element of my role um, that I'm really excited about. And I think just like being open to trying new things because I mean, like we're still kind of a startup. Um, a lot of tech companies are and. You have to be able to roll with the punches and, and those types of roles. So for me, that's it. That's fantastic. <clears throat> All right, Rachel, thank you again. It's been really good chatting with you. I think this is a fun, a fun conversation, no pun intended. And thank you everyone tuning in. We couldn't do this without you. This has been another episode of Friends with Employee Benefits. Mm -hmm.